Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Welcome back into the Canicook Institute podcast here in studio. Keith Chansey and Chad Hampshire, we're working through the book of Ephesians. We've touched on the the fact that the book of Ephesians is really broken into two major categories, chapters one through three being calling and four through six being conduct. We are in the midst of chapter one. And today's episode is going to focus on chapter one, verse 18, and really a focus and emphasis on prayer. Uh, In this particular passage, Paul is talking about praying for the church at Ephesus. Keith, break down for us what's going on here in the context of the passage, and then we'll get into the practical of how do do I actually go about improving in my prayer life. Oh, man, I I am pumped. I mean, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am about today. Verse 18, it tells us, and I want you guys to look at this verse. It says, Paul says, pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you'll know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. You know, Chad, there's four things that I see that are so powerful to me. Pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Paul shows me something here about prayer is that I want to pray that the eyes of the world would be enlightened. They would be opened up to see God, that they would understand the truths of God, and we would quit resisting God. And if that happens, he says, so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. And and I love that term, the hope of his calling. You know, I think that's probably misunderstood so often in that we don't know what is the hope of God's calling. Paul was praying that believers will understand godly knowledge and insight, as we've talked about, that they would understand that they are redeemed through the blood of Christ. They would live in a life of peace and patience and goodness, and we would just have this incredible euphoric understanding of God. Not that everything goes good for me, but that God is good. And because of him, it's an unbelievable world to live in. But we've got to make a difference. And so he tells me that one, the eyes of my heart would be enlightened. Two, that I would know the hope of his calling, that I could make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. And I would understand the riches of his glory, of his inheritance for the saints, that one day I'm going to be in heaven. And that's what's going to be all good, but not till I get there. And until that day that I see him eye to eye, I'm going to make his name known on this earth and what he's done, because that is the hope of the calling that I received into my life. I pray that the rest of the world's eyes would be open and I would exercise his power to tell everyone on the planet that Jesus Christ is the one that can separate you from this earth, save you from hell and place you in heaven. Yea, God. Verse 19, you touch on it there, the latter part, the idea of power and, mm. and, and really the power in our intimacy with God coming through prayer, right? That we mm, can actually yes. talk to God. I've heard you, Keith, share about prayer through the years. And um, if I'm re- remind me, but I think you use an acronym to kind of help people oh, navigate, yeah. you know, how do I actually practically walk out a daily prayer life? Can you kind of walk the, the audience through that just as they have a tool in their toolbox? You know, I can't think of anything that's more powerful than prayer. And, and when I am 
by God's grace, I'm able to get up in the morning and go to my place, my prayer closet, so to speak, which I sit before my fireplace and I open my Bible and I open up my prayer journal and I just have an acronym, A-C-T-S, which I learned a long time ago and I know you guys probably know this, but I think it's always a good refresher just to think, how do I use the A and adore God? Adoration is praising God and just taking the opportunity during that time to praise God for all the things that he's given to me and the things that I'm so thankful for, praiseworthy of, such as I adore God of the A. I praise him that I can abide in him. For B, I praise him for his blessedness. I praise him for the body that he gives to me. C, I praise him for conviction that he bestows upon me. By the time I get through praising God of giving him his adorations, now I move to confession. And I now start confessing my sins. After I praise him for who he is and for what he's done, now I take the C and I confess to God. God, I have lusted. I have thought things. I've been greedy. I've been prideful. Will you please take those from me? And I pray those. And guys, I'll get on my knees and cry before the Lord. And I want to really challenge all of you. If you've never really cried before the Lord to ask him to open the floodgates of your heart, to open the floodgates of your eyes, to confess your sin before the almighty God that you are a sinner. And then to T, after you've done the adoration, praising God for who he is and what he's done, confess your sin to him. And then moving in to Thanksgiving, God, I thank you for giving me the wife, the kids that I have, the job that I have, the car that I drive, the home that I live in. I thank you for these things, the church that I have. Thank you, God. By this time, guys, I don't know about you guys, but I've now moved into several minutes into my prayer life. And now the last area is the supplication, the S. So often I don't have time because I've spent too much time praising God, confessing my sins. Many times I have even time to thank God, but now I'm into supplications. This is when you ask things specifically of what you need. And you may say, you know, Lord, I'm about to make a change of venue. What I need to do with my life? Uh, Should I be in the marketplace ministry? I should have been full-time ministry. I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I'm thinking about buying this new home. I'm thinking about uh, get, buying a new suit. I'm thinking about getting a new pair of shoes. Everything we need to be in prayer about. And when you do that, I'm going to tell you something. I used to think it was almost a penalty when people would say, James, you need to go pray by yourself. And I go, after two or three minutes, I was looking for something else to do because I just didn't know how. And by understanding this ACTS, it helps me a lot to be able to understand how to pray. It's interesting in Luke 11, 1, it says, that the only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to do was teach us to pray. Of all the things that Jesus did on this earth, it wasn't teach us to do this or do that. It was teach us to pray. And I know that it's because they saw him doing it with such repetition that they go, I want to be that type of man because I see how it leads us to do what we do. So prayer, I cannot tell you how much I get excited about it because I've seen it change my life. I've seen it change the disciples' lives, and I can see it changing our world if we pray on it and pray for it, that God would do, bring our world to repentance. Why are we going through a pandemic? It's not to be angry at people. 
I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm a Christian that prays for Republicans and Democrats. And I pray that we come together in the unity of Christ Jesus and that our world would be brought back to what we know is truth. In the beginning, God created. And with that, I go, I get excited about what my prayer life can do for the world. That's so good. Uh, One of my favorite church historians always said, uh, prayer doesn't bring about revival. When people, when God's people are moved to pray, mm. it is revival. It is revival. Uh, and praying today that we would all have a revival of, of our own hearts mm. to be moved to, to ask God and to, to do just as you said in that, that acronym ACTS. Mm. Keith, we talk a lot um, through the years about helping people be set up to have a prayer journal and um, just as a kind of a practical tool for folks to, to take what you just said and go, how do I actually do this on a daily basis? Mm. Um, give give us four or five just little things, just practical. How do I start? Yeah. What kind of notebook do I need? Give a give give us some of those nuts and bolts. You know, it's really good. To, I feel like one, it's important that you have your own prayer journal because what's really fun about a prayer journal is that you have this notebook and you divide it. And I don't care how big your notebook is, how many pages you have, you divide that notebook into seven sections. And so what I like to do is I like to just dog ear, meaning I just bend over a page and where that page has been dog eared, I write Sunday. And then I flip seven, eight, 10 pages later and I bend it and I go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I label the sections. Like for instance, Sunday churches, Monday family, Tuesday friends, and Bible studies, Wednesdays, ministries, Thursdays, the lost, Fridays, missions and schools, Saturday, country, president, and world. And so I divide my journal just like that. And so what I do on my church is I pray, like here in Branson, I go to First Baptist Church, so I pray for our pastor, pastors, Ministries within the church, youth ministry, junior high ministry, elementary school ministry, children's ministry, and pray for all aspects of the church. But I don't just pray for that, but I have other churches in Branson that I'm praying for also. And then I don't just pray for that, but now I think outside of Branson. So I go to my Jerusalem, to my Judea, my Samaria, and the most parts of the world. We're now start thinking about Dallas, Oklahoma. What are the churches there that I'm praying for? So I do that. And then I move to Monday. Now, let me let me back up. So what I do when I start praying for First Baptist, I date it. And I want to be very specific of what I'm praying for. I'm praying for uh, our pastor to guide our church. If we're doing a building project, I date some of the things we're trying to get the money on to be able to support that ministry, to be able to, uh, whatever we're trying to do within our church, our missions. I'm praying that we get a certain amount of money for missions. And then when that happens, I circle it. And I date it of the date that it got circled. So when I look back on my prayer journal, I see these circles. All I can do is weep because of what God has done. I get so excited about what God has done. So then on Monday, this one takes me a little bit more time uh, because I pray for my family. I'm very intentional with my son, my daughter, my wife, my grandkids, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, everybody that I've had in my family, I've been very, very specific about certain things, and I date it. And so when I look back on that, I'm overwhelmed with the circles that I see in that and the dates of when God did that. It's so much fun to do that. 
So for instance, if I was praying for my dad to come to Christ, which I did, and I saw him come to Christ, it was so fun to see that circled and dated. And so that's what I'm talking about when I want you to see in your prayer journal that you are dating specifically. Now, on Tuesday, friends and Bible studies, I just had those. And then on Wednesday, ministries. Ministries are those things that you uh, are Campus Crusade, uh, Young Life, K-Life. It's ministries that you are in your area that you're praying specifically for, that you can get to know the leaders, have them over to your house, pray for them specifically, ask them their specific needs. Um, Thursday, the lost. I love to go through my neighborhood in my little area that I live in, and I'll just walk up and knock on the door of my prayer journal and say, hey, you know, Keith Chancy, I'm one of your neighbors, and I just wanted to let you know I've just been praying for you. And I want to know, is there anything specifically I could pray for you? Well, those people, you think, oh, they're going to think I'm evil. No, I've never had one person turn me down. It's amazing how they go, oh my gosh, I love that. And so when I see them, every time I see them, they go, hey, you know, thank you. And, and they now are very kind, even if they don't know Jesus. They're very kind to someone that went to them. So it's an evangelical tool also. Fridays, missions, schools, Saturdays, country, present world. You guys know what I'm talking about. And I think that helps. And what I do is I love to see this where I see the dates, I see the prayers, I see the answer prayers, and what it does in my own prayer life, it exalts Jesus. And for me, I'm personally blessed. I go, are you kidding me? I've never experienced this type of joy. So it gives me a reason tomorrow morning that I can't wait to go see what God's going to do tomorrow morning in my prayer life. Let me give you an example. I was praying just the other day for God to give me an opportunity to share the gospel. Well, it, it was at lunch that day that a guy literally walks up and says, hey, are you key chancy? Someone told me about you. And he says, hey, I wanted to ask you some questions. The next thing I'm doing, I'm sharing Christ with him. I mean, it's that amazing. But you know what? I might think that's a coincidence if I didn't have it prayed for in my journal. So it makes it really fun to see God do these things and even to see him do miracles within the ministry that we're involved in. So I hope that helps, Chad. <laughs> so practical. Um uh, again, verse 18 said, I pray that your uh, the eyes of your heart may mm. be enlightened. And yes. we hope that you have been encouraged and enlightened today from God's word on the importance of prayer and the practicality of prayer using the acronym ACTS, building a prayer journal that you can use every single day that will guide you, just a tool that will guide you into intimacy with God. So thanks for joining us here on the Kanakuk Institute podcast. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.